Greetings from the Michigan Conference. It's, a, it's an honor to serve uh, as treasurer. It's a blessing. Uh, I wanted to, if it's okay, share a little bit of update on what's happening in the Michigan Conference with you. Um, how many members do you think are in the Michigan Conference? Any guesses? Wow, that's really good. 25,000, 27,000. Wow, I should have brought a prize. Most, you know, not, not a lot of close on that. So very well. How many churches? Hundred and eighty-nine. So hundred and eighty-nine churches. Let's see here if I uh, works when it's on. So um, hundred and eight, well, there are hundred sixty-three churches, twenty-two companies, and three groups throughout the state. Uh, you can see there uh, we have a a large portion down in, in our more metropolis areas of Detroit, some in Lansing, Grand Rapids, and then the Holy Land there and Andrews. Um, so I love Andrews, by the way. I, that wasn't meant to be bad, but there's a, a large concentration of Adventism, obviously, with a university that is a flagship for the, for the world church. So, um, but, uh, so we have a, a, a large uh, spread out all, all over the, the state. It's a blessing to be a part of the world church, amen? We, you are a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Worldwide Church. It's a, and and there's, there's, it's uh, amazing. On the way here this morning, I was talking to my boys, and I said, um, we were talking about Sabbath school lessons, and we are talking about how we'll be studying a lesson that, you know, basically across the world, if you show up in a church, you have your lesson. It may be in a different language, but you're studying it together. You also have the opportunity uh, to worship together as family across the globe. Um, how many members do you think of, of the Adventist church in the world? This is trivia time. Barbara could be up here. She's the teacher. So, uh, but uh, 22 million. 22 million. This is as of 2021. And we have 20, as I mentioned, 27,000 uh, within the state. Uh, real quick, we have 27 schools. This is in Michigan, three academies, Aspire online, and then three satellite Aspire uh, schools in the state. Has anybody heard of Aspire? Not too many. Um, that's good because you have an academy right here. Um, uh, what, we, what we created uh, with regards, obviously this was even before COVID, what happened was there was a, a desire for anybody within the whole state of Michigan to be able to have access to Seventh-day Adventist education. And uh, therefore, uh, we said, and if you, uh, when we get back to that screen, you'll see that there's schools, while we have a lot of schools, there's large portions of the state that have no school. And so our desire was uh, to, for instance, a, a couple weeks ago I spoke at church right here, and as you can see, there's no school, probably this swath of the state, the uh, eastern side, there's, there's really not any Adventist education there, and so we, or school I should say, so what we decided is why don't we produce a some sort of education program that will 
be able to have somebody that says, I want to be in a Seventh-day Adventist school, but I don't have a brick and mortar. Obviously, it's, we do believe strongly as, as the best form is a brick and mortar where they go in and they, they are together with their students and their teacher live. Um, but as we figured out, okay, how do we meet that other need? And then COVID hit and it even highlighted even more the need for an online presence and, and God bless that. And um, we actually had a couple schools that had to shut down uh, for a year. We put in a spire and then they got the, their, their enrollment back up and we opened back up, which we were like, praise God that school is up and running that it didn't have to shut for good. And uh, we have one of those schools this year. We couldn't find a teacher, so we had a satellite Aspire program, and then they uh, transitioned. Uh, but we are so thankful for our academies, our three academies, one of them being right here. Uh, was it 100 years, right? Was it last year? It was it 150? I'm sorry, not 100, 150 years. What a blessing, an amazing blessing to, be, to have that history and that... that uh, uh, Every time I uh, am able to go to the village, you know when you have friends over, they, they, they typically want to um, see the village, and it's such a blessing to go there and see the history and, the, and to remember the sacrifice. And you guys probably have heard that more than once, but um, just the beautiful part of Christian Seventh-day Adventist uh, education and that continuing on here in Battle Creek is, a, is such a blessing. Um, so that's our... That's our school system. We have 9,400 across the globe, uh, second to the, to the Catholic system, uh, 2 million students, uh, which is a huge blessing uh, in ministry. I'm going to go back here. Just a few things that are happening across the state. Um, anybody heard of field work? Uh, shameless plug for my brother. He's the <laughs> youth director. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to... Uh, work with uh, the conference as well as local congregations to say, how can we meet the needs of our community? They recently have been doing some things called bed builds, sleep in heavenly peace. So they, they build beds to help young people that don't have a bed to sleep on. Can you imagine not having uh, that, that little, little guy or gal that is sleeping on the floor? We say, boy, we want to build them a bed. They get together, they, they make a bed, they deliver it, they set it up, give them a mattress and comforter in a My Bible Friends book, and uh, it's a blessing. Just trying to meet the needs of our community, making those connections. My Tribe is a new program that's uh, youth groups, young, young adults and youth groups that are setting up Bible studies, and how do we reach our community in that way? Um, great opportunities. Pathfinders, I know the, the, uh, the pioneers, right? Is that correct? Am I saying Okay. We get to see the, uh, I'm, I, um, our family's at the Charlotte Church and we're the ambassadors and uh, so we get to see the different groups. Pathfinders, 52 clubs, 41 adventure uh, clubs as well. Last year alone they had 178 baptisms as part of the Pathfinder program, amen? They, uh, what a wonderful opportunity for our young people to be a part of, to grow and, and be trained for the Lord. Uh, it was a pretty neat story. I don't know who it was, but I heard the story because um, uh, I was there. There was a young lady at the Teen Snow Outing. Were the ambassadors there at the Teen Snow Outing? Maybe not. So this is like three weeks ago, I think, or so. And there was a young, young lady there that was uh, struggling with something, and her Pathfinder director 
was, or a leader within the group, was speaking with her Saturday night, and um, she was struggling and along the lines of something with regarding to forgiveness and some things along those lines, and um, the, uh, the, the leader was sharing with her some special Bible promises uh, from the Lord and how um, she has been blessed by those. And uh, had a pretty decent conversation, uh, lengthy conversation through the, through the evening. And then the next morning, Sunday morning, there was a charge. And as a charge, you typically don't want to give a, an hour sermon. So he gave a four-minute talk. And uh, the speaker, my brother, gave a four-minute talk. And he, he gave her a Bible text. And guess what it was? <laughs> the exact text that 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 director had given to the young lady. And he basically said the exact same thing that she had told her. And uh, it was really cool because the girl turned to the leader, and what do you think she said to her? (laughs) You told him, didn't you? You told him to say that. And she's like, I had no conversation with him. She said, no, you must have. He said exactly the same thing you did. And he said, no. She said, I promise you I didn't. But that's how the Holy Spirit works. And that's how the Holy Spirit will touch lives, speak to hearts, and give a message to our young people and to share with them the love of Jesus. And being a part of Pathfinders and other events and and other collective areas that we can come together and, and grow together is a blessing from the Lord. Evangelism, Bible study offer, that's a new uh, well, it's not a new, it's a reboot. We have a, we have a brand new uh, system that's rolling out very shortly, a uh, more comprehensive and extensive tool for reaching uh, and, and coordinating Bible studies across the state. This year in 2023, in October, we're starting a, a statewide evangelistic series, which is super exciting. Um, we are very happy uh, to do that as a state, we collaborate, we, get, we come together and share resources for advertising and for other costs that can um, work well together, being, being uh, coordinated together. Emmanuel Institute, anybody heard of Emmanuel or been to an Emmanuel Institute training? Amen. Um, this is a great opportunity. It's being held out of our office. Uh, it's, a, it's a week long. It's subsidized by the conference, very much so, so that's very affordable. Gives a week intensive uh, training. It's a huge blessing uh, for those that uh, would like to get trained in that. Our pastors went through it at a ministerial last year. Um, The office went through it. It's just powerful. And uh, so we have another, just sharing with you, some of the ministries across the state that you're a part of, that you are helping to support, and that you are are, uh, have full access to as well. Stride is a a wonderful canvassing program that we have where young people are dedicated in a year of their lives. They go through the summer program of Youth Rush, then they, they, they've decided to spend the rest of that year to the next summer in dedicating to canvassing and creating Bible studies and ministry within a local church. It's a great opportunity for, for young people to do that. Um, camp meeting, how many camp meeting folk here? Oh man, we got to get more of you there. So it is a huge blessing. Uh, camp meeting coming up this June will be a, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to reconnect with the Lord and equip for his work. 
Camp Asabo. I won't have you raise your hands on Camp Asabo. Hopefully you have a great opportunity to be up there as much as possible. It's a great time um, and a beautiful place to connect with the Lord. Financially, God has blessed. Um, this last year, uh, December 28th, uh, if, if we had an old conference office that was sold right before, actually we moved to a new conference right before I got here, about six months, and uh, in order, you know, part of the proceeds uh, or part of the payment was, okay, we're going to sell our old office and help to, to fund that. Uh, it was sold, we lost track of how many times it was sold, um, <laughs> and uh, it was sold, then didn't go through, didn't sold, didn't go through, it was sold on land contract, it was delayed or defaulted, defaulted. Uh, we finally got to a point with the gentleman that we said, listen, we're, we're really sorry, but we have to, to move on. Uh, we really want you to have this, so here's your deadline. Came and passed, he didn't have the money, and we were just very disappointed. Um, this was in December of last year. Then the Lord um, worked out something because unbeknownst to us, they got the call, the office is sold, the money will be in the bank tomorrow, and we are done. And so we praise God that uh, that was sold. It was used, the proceeds were then, uh, with some other funds were sent, and we, we're now debt-free as a conference. So praise the Lord for that. We actually had a Sabbath school lesson this week, right, on debt-free. So God is good. As we remain faithful to him and we say, Lord, what would you have us to do? Come up with a plan that he would bless, be faithful to it, and he will help us through that. Um, system of tithing, I get lots of questions. And, and believe it or you know, this, this lesson uh, has been beautiful on, on sharing that. Just real quickly, uh, money coming into the local church uh, comes up, the, the tithes, are, are returned and collected at the church, local church. Those are sent on to the conference. The, the local church budget and the local ministries is what stays at the church. Um, the tithes are not. Those are actually sent up to the conference for uh, ministry across the state. Um, and then so that comes up there. The conference retains a portion, uh, then sends a portion up to the union, and then they'd retain a part, give it to the NAD or the North American Division. They, can, they retain a portion, and then it goes to the GC, which is our world church. At each level, there's ministries that happen. There's supporting roles that um, actually send, uh, that, that coordinate ministry across those regions uh, that they're responsible for. And then even money will actually come back down through those different uh, divisions as coming back uh, as appropriations to the conferences and, and uh, the unions and such for education, evangelism, things like that. Uh, this is just a quick, where does someone, a lot of times people say, what, what happens to my tithe dollar? When I put a dollar into the, uh, to my envelope, what, where does that go? In the Michigan Conference, we retain about 61% of it here in the, in the state uh, to fund all the ministries that we have here as well as to employ uh, pastors and teachers and, and uh, other workers. Uh, so that retains about 60%. NAD gets about 9%, the Union 9%. Andrews University, every, every conference that's part of, that has a university in their um, union, they pay a portion of their tithe to 
uh, to help support their universities. We're glad for that. Retirement, <coughs> we have a, uh, our retirement, we do have a retirement system now, but these are for our pastors that have gone before us that were part of a, um, a they didn't have a retirement plan, you know, and we think about their dedication and, and love for the Lord and work. Um, they didn't believe that they were ever going to retire because, you know, the mindset is good, the Lord is coming, but unfortunately there wasn't a plan in case it wasn't in, his time, in their timeline. And so they uh, were funding that, depreci- or that, that retirement that will actually be funded here in the next five or six years, and we're, th- we're grateful for those that have gone before us to do that. GC is about 5%, and, and then special assistance is about 1%. So that's your math, uh, math lesson for the day. Um, and there's no quiz on that, but that just a little, just to understand that every dollar that you give does go to actually, actually fund ministry across the globe and across this conference. Um, what do those dollars do in Michigan? We pay our pastors, Bible workers. We also uh, pay our teachers, evangelism, administration, publishing camps, uh, youth and pathfinders, trust services. Anybody here? need to get a will done or set up a trust, that is a free service of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Please contact our conference. It's very important because if something were to happen to you uh, and you don't have things set up uh, legally, correctly, um, the state gets involved and some things may happen the way you may not want them to. But it, so it's a free service. Contact our office. Trust services is a blessing uh, uh, to have that done. I We've had ours done and updated recently as well. Camp meeting, campground, personal ministry, Sabbath school, community services, women's men's nursery, family life, communications, insurance is a super exciting one, uh, health ministries, lifestyle matters, public campus ministries for ministries across the state uh, on public campuses of universities, and children's ministries. These are just a few of the things that the Michigan Conference helps to, ma- um, to coordinate for the state of Michigan. So tithe, what, does, what about tithe? And this is, some of this is, again, uh, is, uh, stuff has been studied recently, but just a reminder that tithe is holy unto the Lord. It's a blessing. He said, uh, just like the Sabbath, he created to, to remind us that he is the creator. He also gave us the tithe system to help us to remember that he is our sustainer of life. And uh, offerings, there's a clear distinction, as I mentioned, the tithes and the offerings. Um, the Lord does not need our offerings. We cannot enrich Him by our gifts. He's not waiting for the check to be written so He can do ministry. Says the psalmist, all things come of Thee, and of Thine own have we given Thee. Yet God permits us to show our appreciation of His mercies by self-sacrificing efforts to extend the same to others. This is, why, this is the only way in which it is possible to manifest our gratitude and love to God. He has provided no other. Offerings are, are our way of saying, Lord, you've blessed me. Help me know how I can bless others and how do I be faithful in that. And God gives us wonderful opportunities through our local church, which you're a part of, to do that, to set up ministries uh, locally as well as ways and other ways in which you find that God would have you to, to uh, bless others. So local church budget, these are all exciting topics, right? I've got you right on the edge of your seats, so local church budget, right? 
How much fun is that? But it's a great opportunity that you as a church come together, you establish it, and you say, how do you come in your business meeting and you say, okay, how are we going to set up our funding? How, what are we going to do for ministry in this church? And it's a great way to see, okay, not just the electricity, not just the maintenance of the church, which are very important. Those are things that need to be cared for, but how are we going to be used by God in ministry as well as a local church? Uh, Sister Betsy, that's uh, a term. Early on, the church was kind of, you know, in its infant stages, they didn't really have a system of, of financial, um, uh, a financial system that was helped to support everything. So they would just kind of go and send people, and they would rely on people to hopefully personally give them funding. And they decide, well, we need to come up with something. And it says it's called systematic benevolence. They termed it Sister Betsy. Uh, it's, it's, it's basically um, a way in which you say, okay, Lord, how can I systematically uh, look to, 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 to uh, support your work? And uh, it's a great opportunity to, to set, a, set aside. 1 Corinthians 16.2 talks about setting aside the money in order to systematically provide so that there's no... Um, gaps or no uh, crisis situations that can come from not doing that. So, uh, MAP, how many of you have been blessed by MAP here? I, I know that there's, this is beautiful. I know it's undone, right? But it's, I just, it's, it's amazing to see how God has blessed your local church in, in, in all of your giving towards this. And I know that there's been some MAP funds as well being allocated, which is a, a smaller portion, but praise God that we as a, as a conference, basically, at once a month, you, somebody stands up here and says, hey, I'd like you to, uh, to uh, consider the Michigan Advance Partners. And uh, that's, it's a beautiful opportunity to say, just like the tithe dollar goes to, to fund many different things, our MAP allocation, a third of it goes to evangelism, a third of it goes to education, uh, then we got a pooled resources, which are projects like these. Uh, then we got camp meeting campgrounds and Camp Asabo that meets the needs of our whole conference. This is just a grid, or I mean a pie chart, so that uh, you don't get tired of looking at numbers. So that's a, a piece of, uh, of a dollar that, that how it gets spread across and funds ministry. All right, are you ready to move past that, the numbers? It's kind of quiet in here. Um, faithful to the end. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just ask that you will give me your words. Lord, empty me of myself and let me be able to share the message you taught me to. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. What is a steward? Um, in order to be a faithful steward, it's important to know what a steward is, right? Um, it's kind of uh, key because if I want to be faithful in something, I need to kind of know what it is. And there's probably many different aspects of stewardship, but I'm going to try to, well, I'm not going to try, there's, I'm going to limit it to two. And uh, my brain is small, and sometimes I, if I get too many things going in, I forget, and then it's just bad. And uh, so two things. Uh, what is it that I need to know about being a steward? So a steward, usually, typically, there's somebody that is a rich man or a lord that has things that he says, listen, I need somebody to take care of that for me. Um, we, we have an example of Joseph, right, where uh, Potiphar is like, hey, he got so much stuff that 
He was like, I don't even, I'm going to give this to Joseph. Joseph was taking care of it. He didn't even know what Joseph was doing because he trusted Joseph so much that he, he just knew that he was going to be faithful in what he did. So a steward typically is, is somebody that takes care of something for somebody. So what about a characteristic of a steward? The steward manages his Lord's assets, not his. This is uh, something that uh, in life, uh, it took me a little while to understand. And uh, uh, I still, I'm a selfish being, so I, I've not arrived. But there, there are times where when we recognize that what we have is not ours, but the Lord's, it's that our mindset shifts and we say, okay, Lord, uh, all that I have is yours. It's a beautiful, freeing type of experience because if we, if, if we listen to what he calls us to do with those things, he's going to provide and take care of those things. We had a car. We were, we're, we're not rich now, but we were really poor <laughs> when we were, uh, anybody worked in self-supporting ministry? All right, we got one over there. So you understand what I mean. So self-supporting ministry is, um, is, is very, it's a blessing, and it's a, it was, I wouldn't change it that we were working there. And God led us there, and it was a huge blessing, but we didn't have any money. And, um, and uh, we had a car that was very old, <laughs> and it had a lot of miles on it. And what we decided is uh, we'd been listening to some messages and we said, you know what, we're going to dedicate this, this van to the Lord because we don't have much of anything. And, uh, there was, and we did that and there was a freedom that we understood that, hey, this isn't my car anymore. This is the Lord's. If he chooses to, you know, whatever he chooses to have happen to it, it's fine. As long as I'm doing my part in taking care of it. He wants us to maintain our cars and put oil in them. That's kind of important, you know, and, and make sure they're in good working order. But if, if we say, Lord, everything I have is yours, and what do you want me to do with it? He is faithful in making sure that we have all that we need. So the first thing that for me is such a blessing to say, okay, Lord, this is all yours. Everything on earth is yours. Everything you've created and provided is yours. But then the number two is the steward needed to have the mindset of his master in order to handle his possessions the way the master would. So it's one thing to say, hey, Lord, this is yours, but it's another thing to just go, well, this is how I'm going to do it, and this is how I'm going to handle it, and, and not recognize that God has a special plan for each one of us to be able to um, manage what he's given to us. And so for, for me, um, I read the story. Uh, it's in Matthew 7, uh, 22 and 23. Talks of a people that um, they say, hey, Lord, hey, we've done these great things for you. We, we've cast out demons, we perform miracles, all these things. And, and the Lord says, yeah, but I don't know you. And that, had to be, that will be a hard thing to swallow because they thought they knew what the Lord was, would have them to do with what he had given them, but, he, but, but they weren't connected enough to the Savior to know how they should uh, live their lives and be the stewards of what he's given to them. So 
What are we to be stewards of? Number one, our mind. Um, our minds are pretty amazing things. God has created our minds to do and uh, work in amazing ways. You've heard this, I'm sure, this text before. Call it the Philippians filter. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Are we saying, Lord, this is my mind, and am I using that as a lens to say, what do you want me to allow into my mind? Um, and I, uh, I don't like to glorify um, things that I did growing up, made poor decisions, music or TV, movies, different things like that. And, uh, but it's amazing how you can remember these things for like 30, uh, well, I'm, I'm old, 47, so uh, for, for 47 years that you can remember, some of you may laugh and say I'm not that old, but I feel old, that's for sure. And perspectively, I'm older than this guy quite a bit. So, uh, so in reality, um, there's things that he's created our minds to remember and to, to bring to remembrance in, in, in and use in powerful ways that he can, it, it's amazing if we can use our minds the way that God has created us to and, and, and desires us to, it can be such a, a rich blessing. Um, there's advertising slogans that you probably can, I could start one and you could finish it just like that um, from 20 years ago. But there's times where we recognize, at least for me, I look back and go, boy, that was a waste. Why did I put that stuff in my mind. It's frustrating. But praise God, he is able to actually transform our minds. This is a wonderful text that I have many times have had to claim. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God created our minds not only to be powerful and to be used in mighty way, but he's also said, you know what, I, I, I know Things happen. I know sometimes as sinners we have made choices, but he says, listen, I'm going to transform your mind to use it the way I've called you to. And there's these neuronic, is that right? Neuronic path? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I was at, when we were at Weimar, Dr. Nedley was there, so you'd think I'd remember some of the, the, the exact terminology, but we sat through quite a few seminars on this. It's amazing, these pathways that we, that we think there's, there's some of the, the old pathways that we don't want anymore, like this four-lane highway, just easily sending thoughts to our minds. But as we call upon the Lord and say, Lord, change my thoughts, change my mind to think on you, he actually can create new pathways. And those old pathways start to get grown up and over and to where your thoughts stop going down that thought pattern anymore, and he gives us those pure and holy thoughts that he would have us to have. And it's so awesome how God is. He knows us, and he's created a way for us to have um, that ability to do that. Our bodies, it's another opportunity the Lord has given us, or, or given us to be good stewards of. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And there's a lot you could say about health, but 
we have a wonderful health message of the, as the Adventist church. And we can say, Lord, I want to be a living sacrifice for you. I want to use my body. I want my body to be in, in the shape you'd have it to be and, and putting the things into it that you'd have me to. And God will bless that, even if it's starting. How many of you made New Year's resolutions? I did. <laughs> I, I haven't kept all of them, but <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. One of them is we, we joined the YMCA. And if you, if you are members, we're here too at, at Battle Creek and Lansing. We go to different ones. So um, it is, a, it is a hard, but praise God, I feel so much better when I actually start exercising and I start following the principles. And I go, oh, that's why you told me to do that, because I actually feel a lot better and I, and I, I can be used by the Lord in a much better way as we look at how he would have us treat our bodies. Speech is another thing that God has asked us to be a steward of. This is a pretty somber statement. Of all the gifts we have received from God, none is capable of being a greater blessing than this. Talk about wanting to be a blessing. Think about how can I speak to somebody? What's my speech like? And uh, are you giving an encouraging word? Are you sharing the gospel of Christ in a, in a simple way of, of praying with somebody, offering a prayer for them and sharing the good news and just encouraging somebody. Uh, it's a truly amazing, the power of speech. Uh, I was talking to a young man that I was, I was actually, uh, when I was driving a couple weeks ago to, to uh, one of the churches, the Lord said, call Josh Lee. I said, what? You know, not audibly, but the Holy Spirit was like, you need to call him. His, his mother, he had lost his mother recently. He was in, in medical school. You should call him. So I called him. I spent maybe 15 minutes with him on the phone, prayed with him, told him I loved him, and just that God loves him and, and, and he, he is uh, being thought of and prayed for. Boy, just his whole demeanor of, of knowing that somebody was there and, and caring and, and praying for him, you, you, you can't imagine just what a small thing that can be. And it, none is capable of being a greater blessing than our speech. Our time, talked about this a little earlier, God has, God has called us to be stewards of our time. This is really another somber statement. Our time belongs to God. Every moment is His. We are under the most solemn obligation to improve it to His glory. Of no talent He has given that He will require a more strict account than our time. Whew. I don't know if you've wasted any time before in your life, but I have. I love the, I love, uh, the Scripture says, though, that God's Word says that He can do what with our time? Redeem it. Amen, right? So if we've wasted our time, and, and we, when, if you do a little inventory of your time and add up those things, you go, boy, I could have used that a little bit better. Um, God has called us to say, hey, None is more restrictive account than of our time, and I want you to use it. Use it for good, and, um, and he will bless that. Um, Christ did that when he was on earth. It says, every day Christ spent time with his father to know what he wanted him to do. So utterly was Christ emptied of self that he made no plans for himself. He accepted God's plan for him, and day by day the father unfolded his plans. So should we depend upon God that our lives may be the simple outworking of his will. Every day he went to his father, Lord, what do you, I, you know, he had a master plan. We should all have a master plan. We know that God has given us 
He's to, the, the message to, to take the, the message to all the world, but there's also a, a, a daily plan and making sure we're in tune with the Father to say, Lord, what would you have me to do today? And he would unfold it. The story of the Phoenician woman, Christ was, was uh, traveling, and he went 15 miles out of his way. He met a woman, a Phoenician woman near the border there, and um, she wanted him to uh, heal her daughter, who was uh, demon-possessed, and he did. And he, it says in, in Desire of Ages 339, he placed himself in her path. For this he had brought his disciples into this region. <laughs> Fifteen miles, he wasn't in the minivan heading over to the border. He was walking 15 miles. And he walked all the way there because the Father led him to it and blessed that woman and her daughter. But he would not have known that unless he had that connection on a daily basis to know how he would spend his time for the Lord. Last one, or not last one, next one is money. Uh, We talked about money already. Uh, Money is very personal. It's one of those things where Anytime you talk about money, especially as a treasure, it can sound very self-serving. But if we look to see what God has uh, shared with us in His counsel and His word, it's, it's, it's amazing how, what a blessing uh, us being stewards of His money can be. The gold and the silver are the Lord's, and He could rain them from heaven if He chose. God planned the system of beneficence in order that man might become like his creator, benevolent and unselfish in character, and finally be a partaker with Christ of the eternal glorious reward. God's, I I don't need your money. I need your heart. I just want you to to, to have faith and trust in me that all that I, whatever I would call you to do, you would be willing. He doesn't call us all to sell all that we have and give everything away so we can't live. He, why did he do that for the rich young ruler? Because he knew where his heart was. He wanted to call him to say, hey, your heart is in the wrong spot. Um, but he would calls us to use what he has given us and to be faithful in it because he wants us to become like him, unselfish and benevolent in character. Um, it's, it is a, it's, it's a hard thing to do, though, because money affects many, many different things, but it is an opportunity, just like our time, our speech, and different things, where we can just assess and go, Lord, what, how am I using what you've given me? Reviewing it, it's a, it's a real easy thing to do at your month end if you get a statement from your bank or your credit card or whatever spending you do, and just say, Lord, am I still remaining faithful in what you want me to do? These are, those are brought nearest to the Creator who thus become participants in labors of love. He who refuses to become a laborer together with God, the man who for the sake of selfish indulgence ignores the wants of fellow men, the miser who heaps up his treasures here is withholding from himself the richest blessing that God can give him. God wants to, to bless us in mighty ways. Many times He doesn't bless us with money. You know, if you, if you put a put your tithe into the, to the, um, the, um, the plates, 
you, don't, you can't expect that you get home and there's going to be a check waiting for you for that same amount. Have you heard those stories? I and mean, those are pretty cool stories. And where, where somebody sacrificially gave and, and they, they're like, well, I got it right back. And, and those are awesome. And, and, but every time, God doesn't do that in a monetarily way. What he does when he gives us that richer experience of, of trusting him and, and, and to follow what he's led us to do. And God will, will do that. And it's a, it's a rich blessing to, to be able to help others as well. I've never had a, a richer experience um, on this, uh, in my life uh, outside of my, you know, my special time with the Lord, but helping others. And, uh, and that can be done in many different ways. It doesn't have to be done monetarily, uh, but seeing how we can be used by the Lord to bless others. Message. He has given us the message, amen, to be a steward of. He's given us that to, uh, to share with others. But you show, how many are you, you don't like to share? It kind of makes you nervous. I'm, I don't like to be up here. Just as an accountant, you're not naturally inclined to get up front and talk. Um, but he does sometimes call us to do that, right? And, and, and uh, it's hard to sometimes go up to somebody and share. But this is a wonderful promise that we can remember. It's in God's Word, Acts 1.8. And this is the disciples. They're, they're in the upper room. They're trying to figure out, you know, imagine being them and how nervous you'd be. Like, we, we got to go out there. They just killed our master. Um, what's this going to look like? I don't know what I should do. Uh, says here, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and Battle Creek and to the end of the earth. I inserted that to see if you're paying attention. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit will lead us and give us power to be a witness to him. And we're, we are his children. This is a promise for us as well. He has a work for us to do. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Um, there's a great, rich field out there. And he calls us to be faithful where? Where we're at, right? We don't have to worry about other things that God has not laid upon our heart or where we're at. He calls us to be faithful wherever we're at. So he has a great work for us to do. Some of us are like this guy, though. Do not have me do that, Lord. Whatever you do, <laughs> I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to do that. Uh, I've been in that situation. Um, you know, your, your, your faith is maybe waning. You're like, Lord, I don't know. that you that, Are you really calling me to do that? But how do we press through? Well, we can have peace. It's found in Matthew eleven twenty eight, And he says, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He'll give us the peace of, of holding that baby. My um, co-worker and friend, Tom O'Witty, just had a baby. Not him, but his wife did. Um, and they just, we just got to see it. It's just a little, little guy, and it was just... You see those babies and they don't have a care in the world um, other than eating and, you know, changing. But they, they uh, it's such a blessing to see a baby asleep and, and peaceful. And we can experience that peace from the Lord as we come and labor with him. 
And the beautiful thing is, um, we're not working alone. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says. The yoke is an instrument of service. Cattle are yoked for labor, and the yoke is essential that they may labor effectually. By this illustration, Christ teaches us that we are called to service as long as life shall last. We are to take upon us His yoke, and we may be co-workers with Him. Jesus knows our trials and struggles, and He calls us to come to Him. We'll find rest. He'll be yoked up with us. He's right there next to us saying, hey, let's do this, let's do this. He's taking the burden of the work, and He is leading us as we can stand beside Him as He guides us, and we have that peace, and we labor together, and He blesses that work that He has for us. Not only is it a blessing, uh, but this is a wonderful quote as well. As through Jesus we enter into rest, heaven begins here. How many of you excited to go to heaven? Amen? Well, we can start to experience this that right now. As we, through Jesus, enter, we enter into rest, heaven begins here. We respond to his invitation, come, learn of me, and in thus coming, we begin the life eternal. As we walk with Jesus in this life, we may be filled with his love, satisfied with his presence, and we remain yoked with him. And there is a future reward, amen? Um, we not only... <laughs> Heaven on this side, of, or I mean, yeah, heaven on earth is great, but, but may we not lose sight of the glorious reward that he's going to bring with him, right? As we're faithful stewards for him. Thank you. Um, I'm going to butcher your name, so forgive me. Um, I just, I, I, is it Giovanna? Did I say that right or wrong? Or? Thank you for doing our scripture reading this morning. It's a blessing to see young people involved in the, in the uh, service. Very thankful for that. Um, Revelation 22, 12. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. And to give to each one according to his work. These are wonderful thoughts to think of. We may have a vision of the future, the blessedness of heaven. She's saying, it's okay to think about how awesome it's going to be. <laughs> we can think about this. We can think about the future, the blessedness of heaven. In the Bible are revealed visions of the future glory, scenes pictured by the hand of God, and these are dear to his church. By faith, we may stand on the threshold of the eternal city, Hear the gracious welcome given to those who in this life cooperate with Christ. Regarding it is an honor to suffer for his sake. As the words are spoken, Come, ye blessed of my Father, they cast their crowns at the feet of the Redeemer because we are not worthy. Exclaiming, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. We are going to see Jesus. We will be in heaven. We will be a part of eternity with him. And those that, are, that, are his, that have chosen to give their hearts and lives to him, there the redeemed greet those who led them to the Savior. 
being a faithful steward of the message, there's going to be people that come to you and go, I'm here because you told me. You spent the time with me. You brought me to Christ. And all unite in praising him who died that human beings might have the life that measures with the life of God. The conflict is over. Tribulation and strife are at an end. Songs of victory fill all heaven as the ransomed ones take up the joyful strain. Worthy, worthy is the lamb that was slain and lives again a triumphant conqueror. How many of you want to be a part of that day? Amen? Amen. God has called us to say, Lord, I, I want you to be Lord of my life. Lord, I, everything I have is yours. Lord, you're going to individually tailor what you want me to do. What he tells me is not going to be what he tells you, and each one of us is different. The Holy Spirit will tailor a message to each one of us, just how he would have us to live for him and live for the Master. And then he says, know me. I want to have that special intimate relationship so I can show you and reveal those things to you on a daily basis. And as we do that, God will bless us, not for our own personal, but to be a blessing to others. And God will say, let me show you the joy that can be found in being that faithful servant to the end. How many of you want to raise your hand with me and say, I want to be a faithful servant today for you, Lord? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your blessings and your love. It's hard, Lord. I'm the selfish person, and there may be one here too as well that struggles at times. Lord, we want to give you our lives and allow you to lead us in whatever capacity you'd have us to. So help us to solidify that decision with you each and every day. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.